Thanks for listening to the teaching podcast for People of Hope Church. To learn more about our ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, visit peopleofhope.church. Amen. Good morning. We are beginning a three-part series today called Waymaker. And it's so important for each of us to be reminded again and again that God can do anything. Amen? God can make a way where there seems to be no way. That's what the scripture tells us. And unfortunately, we need that reminder. We often forget that. God will do something massive, and there we go, and we'll be grateful, and we'll move on, and then another crisis will come, another set of hard circumstances will come, and we will have forgotten what God has already done that does not lead us into amazing faith. It leads us into amazing fear. And so it's important that we spend a few weeks zeroing in and remembering that our God is a way maker and he can do anything. He is all powerful and he is all creative. So that's where we're headed here for the next couple of weeks. This morning, we're going to look at one of my favorite stories in in all of Scripture. Open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 13. Exodus 13, and we'll have it here up on the screen. This is the story of God leading his people through the Red Sea when they were being pursued by the Egyptians. Let's back up a little bit and do a little bit of a context historical moment here. There was a famine in the land of Israel, and God had gone on before into Egypt and put Joseph there so that when the famine forced the people out of that area, out of hunger, that Joseph was in a position to take care of Israel and all of their needs, and then God gave Israel a a place to settle in Egypt, and they were there for a long, long time. Joseph died, and over time, a a leader came up who didn't remember Joseph, didn't remember the, the kindness they had shown to Israel, and they began to oppress the Israelites. They began to treat them harshly, to treat them as slaves. It was a terrible, terrible, terrible time, and this went on for generations. And then God remembered his people and he heard the cries of their suffering and he raised up a deliverer for them named Moses. And God spoke to Moses in this miraculous moment in a shrub that was burning but it was not consumed. And God said, I am who I am and I have heard the cries of my people so I am sending you to speak to Pharaoh to lead my people out of their bondage, out of their slavery, out of their oppression and calling you to be the deliverer to lead my people to a promised land. Plagues. (laughs) All kinds of miracles are happening in Egypt. The first Passover happens where the blood is smeared over the doorpost of the house and the angel of death comes and consumes the firstborn in all the land. But those who believed and who were covered by the blood, they were spared through the judgment. Our God is a way maker. And the people are released by Pharaoh and they gather all of their things and they plunder the people of Egypt and they head out into the desert. Let's pick it up in chapter 13, starting in verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through to the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Can anybody relate to that? You get going a little bit, you face a little difficulty, like, oh, never mind, let's not do that. 
Notice this, that God is leading them intentionally. There was a shorter route, but God said, we're not going that way. We're going a different way. If they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. And the Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. And after leaving Succoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. And by day, the Lord was ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so they could travel by day or by night. And neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Time out. Make sure you have this picture. We're talking about a couple of million people wandering in all of the animals and all of the carts and all of the, the stragglers and the young and the old and the sick and all of the needs that went along with this and the squabbling that went along with this. And they are moving slowly across the desert. But as they're going out in front of them, it's not just an interesting weather pattern. It is the presence of God made manifest in a cloud. God has given them this cloud to say, I am with you. And the cloud was out in front of them. So they followed where the presence of the Lord went. Wouldn't our lives be so much better if we would just sense where God is moving and follow him there? In kindness, God gave them this pillar of cloud. And then at night, he gave them a pillar of fire. Oh my goodness, wouldn't you have loved to have seen that? A column of fire rising up to the heavens. It was maybe something like a swirling tornado of fire that was there leading the people. Can you imagine if you're a several thousand or 10,000 people back in the crowd behind the pillar of fire and the glow of that lighting up the way at night so that you could travel in this giant group across the desert? God was faithful to give the people the cloud during the day and the pillar of fire by night. And God is saying to them, I am with you, I am with you, I am with you. And those of us who are in Christ, those of us who have believed in Jesus and his accomplished work on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and his glorious resurrection from the dead, those of us who are Christians, you and I have the presence of God, not by pillar or not by cloud, but the Holy Spirit of God is in us. The presence of God is in us all the time, with us every day, everywhere we go. And the Father is in heaven right now pleading with you and with me that we would lean in and hear his voice and follow his lead every single day. And he wants you to hear today that God is with you. God is with you. He has not forgotten you. He has not abandoned you. He has not left you. He has given you his word. He has given you his spirit that you might be led in the way that you need to go. What an incredible thing that God gave this gift of his presence. And here we have God with us, God in us. Chapter 14, verse 1. So then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi-Hahirath, between Migdal and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea. So this is God's idea. Militarily, this is not a great plan. 
You don't want to back yourself up where there's no easy plan of escape. There's no easy way to evacuate. There's no easy place to withdraw to a strategic position. This was not necessarily the best plan militarily. But God led them. They are to encamp by the sea, directly opposite Baal Zephon. And Pharaoh will think, well, the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. Meaning, Pharaoh will think, there's the desert over here, and me, and the people, and the Red Sea. I got them. They're stuck. Pharaoh's going to think this, and he's going to think less of them, and he's going to think too much of himself, and he's going to think they're wandering around in confusion. And he says in verse 4, I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them, but I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh. Hello? God can be glorified through the enemy that's threatening your life. God can gain glory for himself by that person in your life who's determined to make themselves your enemy. The person who said, I don't like you, I'm coming against you, I'm going to sabotage you, I'm going to lie about you, I'm going to try to tear you down, I'm going to try to frustrate you, I'm going to try to be an irritant in your life. God can get glory through that enemy. People of God didn't say, Pharaoh, you're our enemy. Pharaoh determined he would be their enemy. And maybe you're in this room this morning and somebody, for some reason in your world, you didn't decide they're your enemy, but they've just decided to treat you like an enemy. Maybe it's at school, maybe it's on your team, maybe it's at your workplace. Somebody has just said, I am so against you and I'm going to work hard to tear you down. God can gain glory through an enemy. I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. Verse 5, when the king of Egypt was told the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, what have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So we ha- he had his chariot made ready, and he took his army with him, and he took 600 of the best chariots along with the officers uh, of Egypt, the chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. And the Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pi-Hahirath, opposite Baal-Zaphon. Again, get that picture one more time. Desert and the Egyptian army, chariots, horsemen, coming. People of Israel, Red Sea. They were trapped. Or so it looked with human eyes. Verse 10, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. And they were terrified. I bet they were. And they cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, (laughs) don't you just love it when there's a crisis and people decide sarcasm is the best plan? Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us up to the desert to die? Way to go, Moses. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. 
Let us serve the Egyptians. It would be better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Now, before we're too hard on the people of Israel at this moment, they were trapped. They looked behind them and they saw a sea. And because they're people just like us, they're thinking, there's no way here. There's no, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. And then they would turn around and look at the Egyptians. And can't you just hear the thunder of the horses and the chariots? And don't you know there were some intimidation factors going on as the, the armies maybe had their shields and their swords and they were rattling against each other and the wheels of the chariots were turning and the dust cloud that was coming and maybe they had really shiny armor and it was gleaming in the sun. There was a real, genuine threat coming. Yeah, they cried out to the Lord. No, they didn't need to throw sarcasm at Moses. But they were terrified because they were in a tough place where there seemed to be no way. Verse 13, and Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. I'm... As a, <laughs> I appreciate the fact that Moses didn't just unload in their sarcasm. Can we just acknowledge that? Way to go, Moses, for not just like saying, yeah, okay. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. I love this verse, verse 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. I look around this room and I see some incredibly capable, bright, brilliant, well-connected, well-resourced, educated, beautiful, amazing people. And it is tempting for well-resourced, well-educated, beautiful, amazing, sharp, clever, bright people to rely on themselves and to try to solve their own problems and to try to be their own hero. And the word of God is bringing this to you today. If you're in a hard set of circumstances today, have you been praying? Or have you been trying to think your own way out of it? Have you been talking to a friend or someone else? And have you avoided or neglected getting on your knees before the God who can do anything? Have you said, the Lord will fight for me? Or have you said, I've got to fight? Yes, the Lord will want you to be involved. Yes, the Lord will want you to be active. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But this verse is so powerful. The Lord will fight for you. He has been good to you in the past. He is not going to abandon you in the present. Amen? Hello? He will fight for you. And he's going to fight with you based on his love for you, not based on your behavior with him, not based on your track record with him. And some of you are in a set of hard circumstances and you're thinking, well, you know what? I've been so sinful lately. I'm, so, I'm such a disappointment to God. There's no way that he's gonna help me in this. You and I have a relationship with God based on grace because of the work Jesus did, not because of the work we've done to be impressive to God. God will fight for you because he loves you and you're his child. You need only to be still. 
some of you are wondering why your solutions to get out of your current hard circumstances haven't been working. You're wondering why your attempts haven't been successful. It's because you've been trying to fight this battle instead of letting the Lord fight for you. Have you prayed? Have you fasted? Have you enlisted other people around you to pray with you and for you? Have you longed before God with cries and shouts and tears and say, God, most high, come and fight this battle for me? Because somebody's declared they want to be my enemy. And they're coming at me, and I don't see a way. And all of my ideas of ways are nowhere near as good as yours. For you are all powerful and you are all creative. Let's make sure that we who are sharp and clever and well-resourced and educated, let's make sure that we are not self-reliant. Verse 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Uh, excuse me, Lord, wh- which way? Because chariots over here, uh, deep, deep water over here. Move on where? Tell the Israelites to move on. So God gives some specifics here. Moses, raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so the Israelites can go through the sea on dry land. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. And the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. Check this out. So now the cloud that was in front of the people now moves behind the people, so the cloud is now in front of Egypt. The cloud is now blocking the vision of the Egyptian army. They can't see what's going on. The pillar of cloud moved in front and behind them, stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. And throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side. Hello, that's cool. Darkness to one side and light to the other side. So neither went near the other all night long. And then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into a dry land. The waters were divided. Scholars believe in this moment that that the part of the text that's key is it says all night long. Because if the waters had just been divided, the, the, the people of Israel would have just been slugging through mud in soft seabed, but all night long, the God, God caused the wind to blow and dried out the land so the millions could walk through. It took all night. And some of you are in a set of harsh circumstances and you're wondering, why is it taking so long? It's because God is making a way for you that you can walk on, not stumble through. 
Can you get that picture of the wind blowing the water back and God holding back the water so that when the people walked through, they were walking between walls of water on both sides? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Walking through on dry land. A bunch of seashells. It's a few fish. You didn't make it. Rocks. Can you imagine the noise and the sound? What would you have been saying during that walk through the Red Sea? What would you have been thinking in that moment? Oh my goodness, I'm so glad that God is our God. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad we didn't stay in Egypt, Moses. Moses, you are right to follow God. (laughs) The people walked through on dry land. Verse 20, actually, let's go down to verse 22. The Israelites went through the sea and on dry ground and with a wall of water on their right and on their left. My goodness. The Egyptians pursued them and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. All of the clanging, all of the rolling of the wheels and the thudding of the horses and all of the, the shining of the armory followed down in between the walls of water. And during the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from these Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. He threw them into confusion. Your enemy may be well-resourced. Your enemy may be well-connected. Your enemy may have a title behind their name that makes your life miserable. Your enemy may have some kind of authority and privilege. But listen, our God can cause that enemy's plans to go south. I love the little detail here. He, he jammed up their wheels. That's really detailed. God can get into the details of emails. God can get into the details of meetings that you weren't in on. God can get into the details of of paperwork that gets shuffled or misplaced or changed. Our God can do anything, amen? Our God is a way maker where there seems to be no way. He jammed up their wheels. Verse 26 Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. Can you imagine those walls of water just beginning to tumble and crash and consume the mighty army of Egypt? The Egyptians were fleeing toward it and the Lord swept them into the sea and the water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea and not one of them survived. 
But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. And that day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord with reverence. Not trembling in terror, but reverence and awe. Worship was rising out of the work of God in their life. They feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. And then Moses and the Israelites sang this song. You want to know why we praise? We praise because our God is still at work in our world and in our lives. Amen? We have a lot of reason to praise. Has God been good to you this week? Has God been faithful to you this week? Has God made a way where there was no way? Is he a provider for you and comfort and counselor to you this week? We bring praise in recognition of who he is and what he has done. Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he is hurled into the sea. And the Lord is, the str- is my strength and my defense. And he has become my salvation. This is not a reference to eternal salvation through justification for the forgiveness of sins. This is a reference to we were trapped. And we're not trapped anymore. We were saved. There was no way. But then the way maker came. He is the God of our salvation. He is my God and I will praise him and my father's God and I will exalt him for the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Have you been thinking about the Lord as a warrior lately? I hope that your picture of God is not soft. I hope that your picture of God remembers that yes, Jesus is the lamb, but he is also the lion of the tribe of Judah. And if you go to the book of Revelation and you see a picture of Jesus, there's a sword involved. He is a warrior. And some of us need to pray like God is a warrior. And we need to stop cowering at what is trapping us. And we need to stop complaining at our circumstances. And we need to step up in prayer and in faith and believe. And like these people, we need to confess The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. The Lord, capital L-O-R-D, Yahweh, I am. The I am is his name. What does that mean? It means everything. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. So Jessica at your office is no struggle for him. Pharaoh and his army, he is hurled into the sea. So Chad on your team doesn't cause him to break a sweat. If your name's Chad, that was God's idea, not mine. I just picked Chad out of the air. Stop it, Chad, whoever you are. (laughs) 
Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them, and they sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger, and it consumed them like stubble. Now, if you're new to church, you might be wondering if this is beard stubble. No, this is not beard stubble. This is stubble that would be the, the little bit that's left in the ground when they would come through with a scythe and they would cut the wheat. They would cut the good part of that and that little stubble that's down in the ground that's just worth nothing. It's only good for being burned. You consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the water piled up. And the surging waters stood up like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy boasted, I'll pursue. I'll overtake them. I'll divide the spoils. I'll gorge myself on them. I'll draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath. And the sea covered them, and they sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness. Awesome in glory. Working wonders. One of the older translations says, Who is like you, O Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness awesome in glory, always working wonders. It's one of my favorite exclamations of people about a real life moment where God came through and they just erupted. They spilled out. The worship boiled over. Can't you just hear that? Who's like you? I'm not singing about God, I'm singing to God. Who is like you? There's no one like you. There's no one as good as you, as powerful as you, as faithful as you. There's no one who has a plan better than you. Who is like you, O Lord? Majestic in holiness. Awesome in glory. Always working. God has some things for us, for you and for me this morning out of this text, and I want to briefly lead us through uh, just a few of them. I'm going to give you five things this morning that the Lord wants you to see and me to see out of this text. So let's dive in together. Number one, being still, as it said in verse 14, was for the period of time before God revealed his plan. When the seas parted, it was time to walk. There is a time to be still and wait when you're in hard circumstances. There is a time for that. There is a time to be still and not try to solve it yourself. To be still and not rely on your own cleverness. To be still and not try to be your own solution. To be your own hero of your own circumstances. There is a time for that. But when the Lord opens a door, when the Lord reveals a plan, there is a time to go forward and to act. Don't you love how the Lord looked at Moses and said, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. And some of you in the room, you've been in a set of hard hard circumstances for a long time, and God opened a door, but you don't like the door, so you haven't moved forward. 
there is a time to wait, but when God reveals a plan, well, the, the seas piled back? That doesn't look safe. Is there a waiver we need to sign? Does anyone have any of those floaties? How about some of those aqua socks? Those rocks look sharp down through there. That can't be the way. That's not the way I would have come up with. There have been so many other simpler ways. How about you take the little tornado of fire and move it from over here and just visit it upon the Egyptians? We could have done that. This is the way? And I don't know your story, I don't know your circumstances, I don't know your life, and I don't pretend to, and I don't say this lightly, but some of you are still in the misery of your hard circumstances, and God opened the door six months ago. There is a time to wait, there is a time to pray, but then there's a time to go, to move forward. Number two, what looks like an obstacle might become the very path forward. What looks like an obstacle, that actually might become the very path forward that God wants you to go through. Pam at your office, or Jessica, or whatever her name is, and Chad, let's not forget about Chad on the team, he looks like an obstacle, but it may be that God doesn't want you to go around Chad and Jessica. Maybe God wants you to have a conversation with Chad and Jessica. Maybe everything that's wrong between you and Chad and Jessica is a big misunderstanding. Maybe you're going to find out that the reason that Jessica is really rude to everyone is because her husband had an affair last summer and she is broken on the inside. And you have the hope of Jesus. A lot of our enemies are going to be a tool of ministry in our lives. That's not the plan I want, God. Get them, God. I'd like to avoid them, please, God. Let's find a path around them, God. Nope, you need to encamp right there. And the very thing that looks like an obstacle that there is no way forward might actually become the very path you take because our God is all-powerful, and our God is all creative. Hello? Walls of water on the left and right. Wind blowing all night so that it was hard and dry for the carts and the people, young and old, and the animals to go through. He's all creative. Baby step challenge in your world with Jessica and Chad is to stop saying this phrase, that'll never work. They, they couldn't change. That's not possible. Hello, the sea opened up. So would you hold your heart dreams and plans in an open hand and would you actually hold your solutions in an open hand? God, I need you to fight for me and if you choose to open a way that doesn't look like the way I would have chosen, 
I'm going to walk forward and trust you. Because you're creative and you're always up to things that are bigger and better than what I'm, I could come up with. Hard things look like they're to be avoided, but those of us in the room who are a little bit further down the road than the others, those of us who are a little older, who have a little more gray hair or just a little less hair, those of us know this truth that sometimes hard things can lead to soft hearts. Some of the reason the people in the room have soft hearts is because they've been through hard things. Do you believe God can use a hard thing to grow you to be more like Jesus? Do you believe that God can use a hard path that's difficult and there may be confrontation and conversation and challenge and rejection and difficulty and misunderstanding and pain and threat and all those kind of things. God can use all of that, not just to change the circumstances, but to change you. Let it be said of us that when we are led through hard things that we don't come out on the other side bitter. But we come through on the other side with bigger faith in God. Hard things can grow our faith. Number three, part of what God is doing in your hard circumstances is gaining glory for himself. Part of what God is doing in his circumstances is gaining glory for himself. We see all, saw this time and again. God said, I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and his army and his chariots. I will gain glory. God, the, the people will know this when I gain glory for myself. All of Egypt will know this when I gain glory for myself. And God is leading you through some hard circumstances right now. And he's doing a lot of things. And don't, don't listen to anybody who can tell you what God's up to in your life. Because no one knows the work of God for you. Beware the man who has God figured out. But one of the things that he is doing, he is always doing, one of the things that God is doing in your hard circumstances is gaining glory for himself. Listen, God occasionally arranges moments in our lives so that he can remind us that he is the hero of our story. And oh, there are too many times I have to be reminded that he's the hero, not me. God occasionally arranges moments so you and I can be reminded that he is the hero of our story. And sometimes God leads us to a crisis. There's a shorter way, but you're going to camp by the sea. There's a shortcut over here, but nope, you're camping by the sea. Sometimes God leads us to a crisis so he can lead us through a crisis. Because you're going to know him and experience him and delight in him and receive from him so much more than you would have through the shortcut. And none of us on the planet are silly enough to go, oh, that sounds great. Lord, bring a crisis. But we have hope in the crisis, in the hard circumstances, that God is doing more than we can see, and part of what he is doing is gaining glory for him Self, so that we can be like the Israelites in chapter 15. Who is like you? 
majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, always working wonders. You see, you and I need to be reminded that we're not the hero of our own story. God will often lead us to circumstances so you and I will know that, but sometimes God will lead you through a set of circumstances that are hard so he can be the hero and other people will see that. He wants other people to know he's the hero and he can be the hero of their story. You think about the people of Egypt. God said explicitly, Egypt as a country will know that I am glorious because of what I do here. And I don't know if you've read ahead in the Old Testament, but there's going to be a moment when the people of Israel, under the leadership of Joshua, uh, uh, who's taken over from Moses, they're about to go into the promised land, and they send some spies in. And then there's this lady in this town, and she said, we have all been quaking in our boots. You know why we've been quaking in our boots here in our town? Because we heard that the Egyptian army was swallowed in the sea by your God. There is a tender privilege, and this is grown-up faith right here. Hold on. Hang on. This is grown-up faith. There is a tender privilege to go through something hard so that I might be a witness to the greatness of my God. So that I can have a story to tell that he's the hero. And so that I can say, oh my gosh, there was no way. (laughs) Army, water, (laughs) there was no way, there was no way. And then my God made a way, and you're not going to believe this, but there were walls of water, left and right, dry land, and And Chad and Jessica are defeated. We are not wishing for their deaths, by the way but we would love the Lord to fight for us and defeat their evil schemes. Amen? Part of what God's doing is gaining glory for himself. Number four, two more. Do not forget what the Lord has done for you. (laughs) Really? Do you have to say that, Kyle? I mean, we're like all in on the Red Sea. We're all in on the walls of water. We're all in on that picture of water crashing in on horses and chariots and soldiers and spears and swords. And we're all in. We are fired up. We believe the Lord. Well, let's go back to the scripture here for a moment. This is not going to be on your screen. uh, But if you'll listen carefully here, we just read the song they were singing in chapter 15. And we finished in verse 11. But let me just tell you what 11 verses later says. Verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and all that happened. And they went into the desert of Shur. And for three days they traveled the desert without finding water. So how many days had it been since the Red Sea? Three. Three days. They came to Marak and they could not find water because it was, could not drink the water because it was bitter. That's why it's called Marak. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? Three days. And before we body slam the Israelites, aren't we just like that sometimes? Three days earlier, there had been a moment where there was an army and an ocean. (laughs) There's no way. God's doing what? The walls of what? Three days later, we need drink for all of these people. 
oh, God can do anything. God can make that become water. He can make water fall. God can do anything, but no, they had forgotten. So for those of you who are in hard circumstances right now, rise up in your soul and remember what the Lord did for you six weeks ago, six months ago, six years ago, four decades ago. Remember what the Lord has done. He is all-powerful and all-creative. Hello? Remember, remember, remember. For when you forget the power of your God, the faithfulness of your God, the warrior who is our God, when you forget, then you begin to exalt fear and embrace fear. Do not forget what the Lord has done. It only took them three days and we're not better. Last one, number five. God didn't part the Red Sea just so the people could escape the Egyptians. He did it so they could possess the promised land. God was up to something bigger in their lives. God had a grand, big purpose and design. And I would say to each of us this morning, are you in hard circumstances then if you are, connect your desire for deliverance to a kingdom purpose. Let me say that again. If you're in hard circumstances right now, and you say to God, deliver me, deliver me, deliver me, fight for me, I'm waiting on you, I'm looking to you, I'm trusting in you, fight for me, fight for me, fight for me, and here's why I want to be delivered. Connect a kingdom purpose to that why. If you're in hard circumstances right now, friends, it has to be for more than just so we can live longer. God, I'm sick, but heal me so that I can grow older. It has to be for more. God, fix this thing at my work so I can make more money. It has to be for more than God, remove this enemy out of my life so I can get that title in the office. It has to be for more than something that serves self. You and I are kingdom people and God has given us a number of days and he has left us here on this earth that we might make him famous through all of the good and all of the hard of our lives. God didn't just part the Red Sea so the people could escape the Egyptians. He did it so they could possess the promised land. That's where they were headed. And God has a plan for your life, dear ones that is bigger than your current crisis. Ask him to deliver you, to part the sea, so you can fulfill his purposes on your life. Do you know your purpose? It lives somewhere in the idea of being salt and light. It lives in the idea of somewhere of you wearing the hats to be a mom to the glory of Christ Jesus, to be a, an office worker to the glory of Christ Jesus, to be a teammate to the glory of Christ Jesus, to be a student to the glory of Christ Jesus, to be a dad, a brother, a son, a boss. It has all of those roles that God has given you to play. There are kingdom purposes within all of those. And go and get a degree in something and go and get a job in something and do it with excellence and be the best you can be at it Make your platform huge so that you can point to the God who is even bigger. Kingdom purposes have to be a part of our cry for deliverance. 
We don't want to just escape this annoyance. We want to be set free so we can run to Jesus and for Jesus. We're on our way to the promised land. We are on our way to inherit what you promised to our father Abraham generations ago. We are on our way not to a scraggly place, but to a land flowing with milk and honey. We are going to a place of your promise. And if you've promised it for us, it has to be amazing. So God, we're on our way there. And these Egyptians are threatening us. And Lord, would you please remove this threat, deal with this enemy, set us free from these hard circumstances so we can get back on the road of walking with you to the place of delight that you've prepared for us. If you're in hard circumstances right now, our God is a way maker. Be encouraged. Expand the vision of your soul beyond temporary, immediate relief of what annoys you. so that God is glorified, so that you will have a fresh testimony of faith not to forget, so that you can be in a position where you see, wow, what looked like an impossibility is now my way forward, and so that you and I can understand that God's inviting us to watch him work, but then to get busy walking. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. That is who you are. Anybody feel like singing that this morning? I want you to sing that this morning with all of your heart, not just about God, but to God. But I want you to sing it in faith. If you're in a hard place right now, I want you to sing it in a moment of God. I'm trusting this to be true about you. For others of us, God's told you the way he's opened the door and it's time to walk. For others of you, you need to pray with somebody. We're gonna have some prayer stations around the room. Slip out from your seat and go, I need prayer because I am so afraid. I am so paralyzed and I need God to be the warrior. But let's let faith rise out of this church this morning that says this is who our God is and he is just as powerful and just as creative in 2020, amen? Let's stand up. Let's sing to the Lord.